listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 21st of October. We start with breaking news and British Prime Minister Liz Truss has resigned after just 44 days in the top job, becoming the shortest serving PM in UK history. It follows weeks of unrest in financial markets and major fallout after her mini-budget was handed down, leading to plummeting opinion polls. Speaking outside 10 Downing Street in London earlier this morning our time, Ms Truss admitted her sweeping tax cut plan had backfired. We set out a vision for a low-tax, high-growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. Ms Truss became Prime Minister in September after winning a fight for Conservative Party leadership after Boris Johnson's resignation. But now there's speculation Mr Johnson may run again for PM, but some experts have slammed the idea, including Conservative politician and economic expert Lord David Howell. What we're trying to do is not sort of stir everything up even more, more disruption. We're trying to calm down a situation and begin for this country in due course to start catching up by some sort of radical reforms that Liz Truss was proposing, but not now. That audio thanks to Sky. Meantime, major protests are continuing this morning across Britain after the PM's sudden resignation as calls grow for a general election, which is not due until January 2025. Back home now and new details have been revealed about the major data breach at Medibank with hackers now claiming to have around 200 gigabytes of stolen data from around 4 million Australian customers. The private health insurer says a criminal has shown them samples of records from around 100 policies which include customers' full names, their addresses, dates of birth and Medicare numbers as well as medical claims which include private health information. Cyber Security Minister Claire O'Neill says this latest escalation is incredibly concerning. The threat that is being made here to make the private personal health information of Australians made available to the public is a dog act. And that is why the toughest and smartest people in the Australian government are working directly with Medibank. Flood-affected communities along the Victoria-New South Wales border are still nervously waiting for water levels to rise as the weather forecast continues to change. The Murray River was expected to peak late yesterday or today because of predicted torrential rain, but now the Bureau of Meteorology has revised its latest advice, expecting the rain to hit over the weekend and rivers to peak on Sunday. Residents in Echuca in the north of Victoria are working around the clock to prepare for the deluge, including stacking thousands of sandbags, while these residents across the river in Moama in New South Wales have told Channel 7 they're hoping the extra day or so will give them more time to get ready. Hopefully it'll stand the, stand the test with the water and we'll get through safely. Uh, a little apprehensive, yeah, a bit worried and just seeing it, the water come up and up. It's starting to come in the back gate, so it's up to about our ankle deep. A number of wild weather warnings have now been issued for parts of Queensland, with more rain and storms on the way for the state's southeast, and the wet weather is also set to sweep across New South Wales, Victoria and Tasmania over the weekend. And we're being warned the latest widespread floods are set to have a major impact on the cost of fresh produce, with the price of many fruit and vegetables set to jump.
In Melbourne, police have wasted no time tracking down a number of men accused of looting unoccupied homes in Maribyrnong after the river broke its banks and flooded homes and businesses through the inner city suburb. Our reporter James Lake has the latest details from Melbourne. This one is a big win for police Tash after the public outrage at this despicable act. So far, two alleged looters have been charged over a burglary of a flooded home in Maribyrnong. One man's accused of entering the property on Monday of this week and leaving with about $15,000 worth of laptops, iPads and bikes. He then allegedly fled the scene in a Ford Territory with two other men waiting inside. Authorities caught up with two suspects yesterday from Sunshine West while they are still looking for for a third accomplice. And as the flood crisis continues, the Bureau of Meteorology has been forced into an embarrassing backflip and has now changed its mind on its highly contentious rebrand. The agency is now saying Australians can call it anything they wish, including referring to it as the bomb. The backtrack follows major backlash over the rebrand, which reportedly cost taxpayers around $220,000 and initially asked media outlets to only refer to the organisation by its full name, or the Bureau. And there are growing calls for Lydia Thorpe to be removed from federal parliament after the Greens senator stepped down from her role as deputy leader in the Senate. She's admitted to being in an undisclosed relationship with ex-Rebels bikey boss Dean Martin while she was sitting on a law enforcement committee. Greens leader Adam Bant says he's reached out to the federal police to see if they have any concerns. Senator Thorpe needed to disclose to me her connection to Mr Martin and her failure to do so showed a significant lack of judgement. Now, I've spoken to Senator Thorpe. She has told me that at no stage was there any breach, no uh, sharing of confidential information. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Major news, of course, out of the UK and markets have welcomed the decision by Liz Trust to resign overnight as British PM with the pound rising and the bond yield falling. Yeah, it's us. Good morning. It's very much the story of... Uh, this has been a financial market story as much as it's been a political story because, of course, when Liz Truss, her then-Chancellor, the first of two in her very short reign, uh, you know, when they released their budget that pretty much sent global markets and UK markets in particular into a tailspin. The pound crashed, of course. The Bank of England had to go and buy bonds to raise money. It really did put you know, a massive shockwave through the financial markets. And that was the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. The term was so short, which it is. But uh, yeah, very much a story, I think, of the market saying, good, hopefully this means we've got, let me be a little unkind and say, mature leadership potentially back in the UK. What was uh, you know, ideology and kind of, you know, interesting back-of-the-napkin ideas from two newly elected uh, officials really were taken so poorly by the markets because they were just irresponsible policies. Let's call it a spade a spade. So the hope is this marks the end or will mark the end, of course, of Liz Trust's reign. But the market's betting that maybe the future will be a little bit more safe, a little bit more, uh, well, less, uh, a little more subdued, put it that way, uh, than what the last uh, month and a half has been. Unless Boris returns. But anyway, that's a story <laughs> for a different day. It really is. And Scott, this is a big story for business and consumers with Victoria mm. announcing return to government-owned power generation and a 75% emissions cut by 2035. 
This is enormous news, Tash. I can't remember the last time, I'd have to mm. think about it, an Australian government kind of reversed course on what's been pretty much like a four-decade, maybe even a five-decade push towards privatisation. We've had so many different assets across the country uh, privatised, Telstra, the Commonwealth Bank, a whole lot of poles and wires um, selling off, of course, some electricity generation in the first place. These, this was a, a one-way street of privatisation, the belief that business could do it better. The Victorian government taking the view that if they want to make some changes, if they want to push things forward, they can't rely or wait for business to do it, and the Victorian government's going to do it itself. Some massive, massive uh, goals. 75% emissions reduction by 2035. Environmentally, we all hope it's true, but 13 years is a remarkably short time in the life of the power generation asset. So um, they really have their work cut out for them. Whether it's brave or crazy, brave will find out. But they very much are putting their money where their mouth is. And it is a sense, I think, that maybe, you know, I'm a, I'm a capitalist and avowed capitalist, uh, but maybe government is part of the answer some of the time. It is a very big call. The rest of the country will be watching very closely to see if they can pull it off or whether, like some other parts of Europe in particular, they're biting off more than they can chew. And we know the old saying, someone else's trash is someone else's treasure. I'm not talking about you or I this Friday morning, but <laughs> it may be time to raid the bottom drawer to get those old iPhones and old phones out. My goodness, an amazing story. So an Australian buyer, by the way, paid $60,000 for an original brand what? first generation iPhone, still in its packaging. I don't know who buys an iPhone and yeah, it in the packaging in the bottom drawer, but that? apparently... Well, at least someone did, and uh, it was worth it. $60,000, not a bad return over 15-odd years. Um, yes, I think, look, I'm not sure that someone's going to buy my Samsung Galaxy or maybe the old, <laughs> not, Nokia. The old use Nokia 121. <laughs> exactly, that's probably, that's probably well past its triggering, Scott, date. triggering. It is a little, but hey, people collect Pokemon cards. It turns out they also collect iPhones, and uh, there's a few dollars in it, so maybe we shouldn't laugh too loudly. Yeah, absolutely. They're the smart ones. Thanks so much, Scott. You have a beautiful weekend and stay safe. And you. Thank you, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Australia's T20 World Cup campaign gets underway very shortly. Yes, good morning, Tash. Finally, feels like a long build-up to this one. There's been another change to the Aussie squad. Josh Inglis, the backup keeper, is out. He had an accident playing golf. He's been replaced, though, by Cameron Green. So not a like-for-like, not a keeper for a keeper, but an all-rounder who was in sparkling form in some of the lead-up matches and uh, prompted some talk as to whether or not he might come in and replace one of the... The openers. Well, while he's in the squad, uh, he's unlikely to feature in the 11 against Scotland tomorrow night. A former test captain, Mark Taylor, has told us a lack of form in the warm-up matches is a slight concern. I would have liked to see us finish off a couple of these leading games a little bit better and just win a couple to get that winning feeling happening within the squad because I tend to believe that winning breeds winning. And we're bidding to become the first host nation to win the T20 World Cup and, of course, defend the title we won uh, earlier this year. Uh, Sri Lanka the Netherlands and the UAE have progressed from the qualifying rounds to secure spots in the Super 12s as well last night. And to the NRL now, and the Kangaroos are vowing to play for Liam Hampson and his family after the tragic death of the Redcliffe Dolphins player. 
Yeah, this has uh, rocked the rugby league community. The the young man, the 24-year-old who tragically died in a Barcelona nightclub and wasn't found for, his body wasn't found for 30 hours. Uh, Mel Meninga has spoken for the first time. Uh, he was travelling around with some NRL stars in AJ Brimson from the Gold Coast Titans and Jordan Rickey as well. So certainly well known among the elite of the NRL. And he said that they will wear black armbands against uh, Scotland in their World Cup group match tomorrow morning. Nathan Cleary is set to debut in that match as the battle between he and Daly Cherry Evans for the halfback role heats up. The King, Wally Lewis, says that maybe Cam Munster should help decide who his halves partner should be. It really would be an extremely tough question to answer because both of these guys have performed very well. Either of those guys would fill the uh, the jersey very well. Yeah, big decision for the coaching staff to make. Yeah, absolutely. And Brett, the return of Ross the Boss, who doesn't love Ross the Boss at the Saints, is gathering steam. Yes, this will be the worst-kept secret, or not even a secret in, in football, really. Ross Lyon is now another step closer to becoming uh, St Kilda's coach yet again for a second stint. He left after a bombshell move to the Dockers back in 2011, but it seems like that is now water under the bridge, and the path has been cleared for the return of Ross the Boss, as you say, after the shock sacking of Brett uh, Ratton. I think a lot of Saints fans will be happy with this uh, appointment. Lyon telling Nine he wants to help St Kilda earn some respect back. I don't like the narrative around St Kilda. Maybe it's deserved, or but I think, you know, sometimes it's a bit disrespectful, so hopefully, you know, we can get to a point where I'm over to roll up the sleeves and get in and help change that. They've had uh, four separate meetings now between Saints Chiefs and Ross Lyon, and it uh, looks like an appointment will be made sometime next week. Brett, thanks so much. Happy Friday, and you have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, Tash. And an iceberg lettuce dressed in a blonde wig has outlasted British Prime Minister Liz Truss after a very bizarre competition by the Daily Star newspaper in the UK. A webcam was set up a week ago to see if the wilting vegetable would have a longer shelf life than Miss Truss in leadership. Guess what? The lettuce won. The now famous vegetable has been inundated with messages of congratulations with comments like lettuce for PM floating around on Twitter. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and also have a lovely weekend. We'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.